Hey community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Community Podcast. What a week it has been. My name is Patch. I am here with Damo. Damo, how are you this fine week? I'm good. I'm good. I think all my trades paid off. It was the people who I left in my team who made me pull my hair out and uh, hopefully they don't perform the way they are for too much longer you'd hope not but yeah, football is back Supercoach is back it was a massive round for some it was a disappointing round for others as we saw some players just go absolutely bananas and yeah as you mentioned some players who we didn't think of trading out severely underperform thank you to teller beats for the wonderful music that is coming underneath our voices right now um, obviously, week you know last week we had the five trades. This week we are back to two, and we've got to figure out how to best use them, um, and and what we should be doing. Obviously, Damo, you've mentioned a, a bunch of players have underperformed. Do you want to spit out some names? Do you want to just get it out of your system, just cathartically, just yell at some players? Rory Laird. I think Baron put on Twitter that he needs to stop booting the ball to the moon. I mean, it, the moon is not an effective kick. Not a teammate. Champion data does not recognise the moon as as someone you'd want to kick to so i mean baron has a very very salient point um anyone else that is in that firing line for you just just let it all out just unleash the inner hulk that i know lives within within you i'm calling it a success because he did what i wanted him to do but isaac heaney i traded him in he made money only eight thousand dollars but he's made money he only scored 60 because Sydney weren't looking 60. for him. Because he's just playing deep forward and Sydney don't know how to kick it forward with the younger midfield. He, he, I, I've been saying it. It's frustrated, frustrated on your behalf for having traded him in, but maybe he'll be good. Maybe not. Anyway, let's get. Let's just crack straight into it. We need to, we've only got the two trades this week. What should people be focusing on with those two trades? There are plenty of people out there that had disappointing rounds. You know, we had people scoring 2,400, 2,500 in round two, which you normally don't see until about round 16, round 17. People, you know, scored just over 2,000, under 2,000. What should people be looking at, by and large, to try and, and do this week? Well... I think if you're one of the 28% that doesn't have Matt Rowell, you need to find a way to get him in. I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's not too late. Lifer Lifer finds a way. It's not too late. His break-even is minus 91. So he's still going to make a good amount of money. And it looks like he's going to score really, really well. Well, I mean, if 171, and I'll repeat that again, 171 in your second game of AFL football as an 18-year-old is any indication. Um, Sam Walsh ain't got nothing on this guy. Ain't got nothing. He's, uh, you know, don't reckon he'll, do you reckon he'll pull out another 170? I can't see him doing it. I'm going to make a big call. I can see him averaging 105 in his first season. That would be that would be a big call. 
that would be a very big call, but I love it, especially in these shortened formats. And he's got he's basically the number one midfielder at the Suns anyway. Um, absolutely massive. And he's now at, oh, what's his price at now? He's now at... $284,000. $284,000 after just the one game with a negative break even of yet 91, as he mentioned. Um, but that, that hunting the cash, I feel like that's the, the priority this week. Is, 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 am I out of line to say that people need to be making sure they're bringing in rookies this week and then looking to fix up their team next week? I think if you've got someone in your team who is hemorrhaging cash... Get rid of them. So I'm talking about the likes of your Rory Laird's. He scored 88 and 72, and he's probably in a bottom four team. Like I said, probably doesn't dispose of the ball that well at the moment, probably due to the players around him and the game plan maybe that Matthew Nix has implemented. But he looks like he's not going to reach his usual heights. And there are people that held on to Dan Houston I don't think he had a position on the weekend. I think he was a small forward, a midfielder, a defender, and perhaps even a ruckman at some stage. True J-Roll style. He, I just don't think there was a role for him on the weekend, but that doesn't mean going to get dropped. I just think that's the way they're going to be using him. Um, and then you've got the likes of Jack McRae, who people forked out almost $700,000 for. And Luke Beveridge has done a very Luke Beveridge thing and changed his role. The most Luke Beveridge of things to ever do. And we thought Jack McRae was safe. We thought he was the one player that was safe. And I'm just going to rant for a minute here because Luke Beveridge, what the bloody hell are you doing, son? You've had four weeks of very, very good football. You've, you've ridden off the back of four of the best weeks of football we've seen in a long, long time. And you'd now just, what are, you, what are you doing? This isn't coaching, you're throwing magnets at a board and just hoping that maybe it'll recreate some of that magic from 2016. It's not going to happen. He's your best midfielder. He's one of the top five midfielders in the comp. Get him on the ball. Get him in the ball ups. Don't put him on the wing and then throw him forward. He doesn't know what to do up forward. He's got no clue. And why would he? He's a brilliant midfielder. He will win a brown low in the midfielder if you play him there. But you are you don't want to play him there. You want to play other players in the what, what are you doing what is it Damo what is he doing why is Luke Beveridge the way he is why does he hate everything that is pure and good about football and wants to play 20 to 21 really small medium forward or midfielder slash forwards and then Tim English why why does he do this well you would argue that Tim English is just a small medium forward that has been stretched out somehow because <laughs> he's a glitch he's gone wrong Yes. He's just one of the experiments that has gone wrong and they're like, actually maybe we can maybe we can do something with this. Um, but they managed to rob him of all coordination. Yeah. That it sounds like exactly what happened. Um, but why why does this happen? Why is McRae on the wing? Why is he not playing in the middle? Why is Houston not having a role when he was promised a role in the midfield at the the preseason? Why why is McCluggage not doing the thing on the wing? Why? Why do they not do this? questions that we will never get answers for but the only solution is trade them now do we look at trading them to rookies 
So we had, you know, obviously price changes for anyone who's forgotten, um, price changes after two weeks for rookies. So you get one chance to look at them, and then after week two, their prices change. That'll happen all throughout the season. So you've got to jump on them quick. And we had a few rookies jump up um, this week. We obviously had um, Rivers play his first game. Benell had his much-anticipated return um, to the football field. You had Darcy Cameron playing his first game, which was very exciting for, for everyone there. A few others around the place. You still got Sturt, who might come back this week. Um, Caldwell scored seventy, scored seventy three. Yeah, they, these guys have kind of played their first game. We we don't have another chance to get them in. Do we need to make sure we do that? You know, right now, or do we focus on trading a, a Dan Houston to a Jeremy Howe if you missed him, for example, or or trading Hugh McCluggage up to anyone else? I don't think moving Houston to Howe or even Houston to a Tom Stewart, if you can afford it, is a wasted trade. They seem to be fairly safe suge- uh, selections. And I suggest if a player hasn't performed in the first two weeks, obviously the money factor com- comes into it and you don't want to hold on to them for too long that a decent replacement becomes out of reach. I'm not sure if that's as important as trying to get that cash injection in early because God knows when we'll see rookies again this year um, being a shortened season, being so much confusion. I think the certainty around rookies, you want to grab it when you can and then next week you look at the biggest problems, be they McCluggage, Houston, Laird, whoever they whoever they are that just are, are severely underperforming. Um, I, I, I reckon you need to just give it a week and just go for Rivers, go for Bernal, go for Cameron, go for Mark Pitonet, who we haven't mentioned or really talked about yet. Get these players in first and then worry about worry about those premiums next week or the week after. I don't know, is that a risk for like league players though? Where you, you potentially fall too far behind? I think league players and rank players could possibly go about the year fairly similarly just because of the shortened season. Um, and most teams will grow at sort of the same pace now, especially considering there's not the three trades during the three bye weeks. So essentially, teams will grow at the same p- pace. It'd just be about who you have on field and who you've selected rather than your strategy in trading, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. But I'd, I, yeah, so I think the point still stands that pretty much everyone this week should be bringing in rookies and then next week you look at players that just aren't performing that aren't doing what you want them to do and then we we deal with that next week and it gives you another week to kind of let them turn around they're all rusty they've all been missing you know however many weeks it was three million weeks 20 years between games some players you know came back on fire like Gorn and Neil and and Raul and just tore out a new one some players just might need a little bit longer and I'm willing to to give Hugh McCluggage another week, and if he if he doesn't do it, then then sure we we flick him off, and you know your Sam Walshers, your your Jeremy McGovern's, your, your those sorts of players, Toby Green, you just kind of get rid of them then, and that that's the way I I think we should be doing it this week. You mentioned him before. Let's talk about Mark Pitney because he seems to be a very hot button topic at the moment. Um, people sort of thinking that he could be the Riley O'Brien of twenty twenty. You know the player that's going to score well week in, week out, and make a truckload of cash, essentially giving you an easy upgrade somewhere else on your field once he's fattened up. 
my issue with that is unless you've gone short somewhere else last week in your five trades, I don't see where you're going to get the money from unless you downgrade one of your underperforming premiums. But even then, I don't see Pitney being on the majority of people's fields. So I'd... Yeah, that's the interesting thing, and you've really got to look at your, your setup. So you, you, for example, you wouldn't look at bringing him in. I can't bring him in unless I tear my team apart, and I'm not prepared to do that because I want the mm. points on the field. I don't want the points on the bench. The, the points on the bench are no good to me. Yeah, so who, who have you, you've got Gorn and Grundy in the ruck, don't yes. you? Yeah, and there's no way you would ever look at trading out either of them even as, as a supreme cash grab, which Pitney is. No, I, I wouldn't trade them because I'm probably not going to get the, the same amount of points. They're, they are better Ruckman on on paper, I guess we could say at the moment, because we don't know much about Mark Pitney apart from the fact that he's a friend of the pod. In terms of his supercoach output, unless you've downgraded a Tim English, or which you should... Um, or a Sam Jacobs or a Nick Nanui to him, who and he's going to be playing in that R2 position next to Gorn or Grundy. I just don't see you the point of tra- trading in this person who's 230k and having him on your bench and downgrading someone like a Rory Laird to him because you're not going to get those points. You're going to get the cash, but you're not going to get the points. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, as much as I do say the cash is king, you don't want to bring in someone at 230k who's never going to get on the field. And at no stage will you ever field him above one of those other players. But yeah, if you've got a, you know, you've still got a Naismith, if you've got a, a Nat Nui, like I've got, I've gone Nat Nui down um, to Pitney this week. Segler to Pitney would be another good one. If you've got uh, Ryder or Marshall, you know, they're obviously not scoring incredibly well, both being in the team. I, I think, yeah, you're right. If you've got one of those players, fire away, pull the trigger, downgrade, get potentially the same output. Yep, he scored 134 on the weekend against Max Gorn too. So he's shown he can score against some of the best ruckmen in the competition. Be interesting to see um, him ruck against whoever Geelong decide to put up in their wheel of chaos. Um, but yeah, you'd think he'd score... What, what do you reckon he'll average out of interest? I don't think he'll score 134 every week. I think he's more likely to average around the 90 sort of mark. And I don't see him going well against the more athletic type Ruckman. So if he's against Reese Stanley this week, Reese Stanley could run rings around him potentially. Potentially. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's really hard to judge the Rucks this season because you look at some of the scores from this week. Just this round, you've got Max Gorn, 184, Goldstein, 164, O'Brien, 161, Sinclair, 144, Pitney, 134, Stanley turned up, Lysette turned up, Grundy scored 115, Soldo turned up on his own. Um, by and large, it looks like the players that are playing ruck time, like basically number one ruck roles, with the exception of Tim English, um, are kind of scoring well. Like Sam Jacobs kind of isn't. Um, Steph Martin splitting the splitting the role, but it's there's potential for the Rucks to score better this year than last year and maybe be more value. So I I, I absolutely advocate for bringing Pitney in and putting him on the field because I reckon he can average that hundred hundred and five and be one of your last upgrades. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna have him on field, then hundred percent, I think he's a good option. 
But like I said, if he's not going to be on field, I don't see the point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are a few other um, rookies. I just Yeah, we'll just very quickly run through them, the, the main ones. So we've spoken about Pitney. Uh, Darcy Cameron, do you think you need to get him in this week? I don't think you need to get him, but he's also one bad performance away from being Mason Coxed. Yeah, that's that's my main concern there. Um, Trent Rivers is, you know, that's obviously a hotly contested spot, but he was good. He's going to put Michael Hibbert out of a job. Very much so. Um, obviously, the Rivers and Bunnell played their first games for Melbourne on the weekend. Most people you'd think could only bring in one of them. Who do you reckon you should bring in? Rivers with the 60-odd, Bunnell with just under 60 from memory? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Bennell. I really think that if he stays fit, he stays in the team. But obviously that calf is the, is, is, is the worry. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, Tr- Rivers' job security doesn't... It's hard to tell with Melbourne, but you'd think playing in a win, they might stick him in there. But Bennell, job security much better. And also, Harley Bennell's scoring potential. Would you like to remind those of us that are... That may have forgotten how how good he is as a player. Well, he only played fifty percent game time on the weekend, and he scored fifty nine. I agree. I think he'd he'd be the one to bring in. But Rivers did look very good, and that DPP might be really useful with a Starkovic, Starkovic. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll we'll go into some of the other options to trading. So plenty of mid prices. A lot of people are very keen to jump on. A lot of sort of cheaper players. Obviously, Jeremy Howe, one of the most traded in players last week. Those that missed him have realised the error of their ways, um, and that, that they should bring him in. Jai Simpkins still on a lot of people's list. But you got a lot of other players that are really up there um, in terms of people being interested to trade them in. Connor Rosie, uh, Christian Petrarca was sensational on the weekend, and I thought was robbed of about thirty points from the way he played. Um, Jordan Ridley, Sam Petreski, seaton um, Nick Haynes, uh, even though Haynes is kind of out of that affordability bracket. Are there, is there, do, do you reckon people should be trying to hunt these players? We've, we've kind of said, you know, cash is king and you need to go for the rookies. But can if you can go a, a Houston to, say, a, a Rosie via Jared Brander, is that something you should look at doing ahead of just sort of bringing in these rookies? What 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 are your thoughts about some of these mid-priced or, or upper-end mid-priced players? Cash is king, like you said. And and Rosie's at a price with a good break even. That means he won't lose money the same way that Houston will. So it's a it's a good option. I like it. I'm not sure I trust Rosie though. Yeah, neither do I. Like it's he's a very good footballer, but I it kind of scares me the concept of trying to go after someone like that. We have to remember. Port Adelaide have played Gold Coast in round one, and then they've played the Crows in round two. They're not world mm, beaters no. at the moment. They they, they they haven't knocked Richmond or Collingwood or because they're at top of the ladder, North Melbourne off the perch. They've got to the top by having a an easy first two rounds essentially, and they've been playing traffic cones. Exactly right. Traffic cones. Um, it's almost been training drills for 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 them in these first two, two rounds, and I'm not going. And I'm not saying they're going to come out this this week and absolutely get smashed by Fremantle, who have held their own against Brisbane and Essendon, but I don't think 
Port Adelaide are the powerhouse team that they're getting praised for at the moment because they haven't beaten anyone who's, you know, a contender. Yeah, exactly. If they knock off Fremantle this week, then they remain in that same boat and we still don't know what they're doing uh, because Fremantle aren't a contender. But who knows? Who knows? Sorry, I just wanted to, to get that slide dig in there for you, Damo. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. I, I've... As much as I love Justin Longmuir, I really want him to use this season to experiment with the team and get and get a good mix in because it's quite obvious that we need help for Fife and Walters. So um, we'll do a break or breakout uh, watch, and he scored at one point one points per minute again. But this time with an 88 from 74% game time. So they're building it up slightly. I don't know why he can't play 80% or more because he is a long distance runner. It's baffling to me. Justin Longmere, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's hurting all of the teams, the people that held him. Um, it's yeah, a bit a bit wild. But yeah, looking at, would you say instead of Rosie, looking at you know pretty much exactly the same price, Petrarca? Is this, is this the year he does it? If I've been burnt by a player before, I can never look at them ever again the same way. So I I so my advice on this is trust your gut. I I don't have the gut to trust. You've been hurt too many times, Damo. It's okay. It's okay. Bring it in, man. Bring it in. Um, but no, Petrarca, I. Yeah, watched most of that game, and I thought he was robbed of points. Um, he played sensationally and just didn't fumble the football once, getting all of the contested ball, all of the things. Basically, go back and listen to me talking about him and swooning over him from that preseason game where he scored 180 odd. He basically looked like that again. But yeah, I, I think he's he'd be the the one I would be targeting this week. Tom Stewart, obviously, on the list of a lot of people. Nick Haynes has has scored five tons in a row before this week, four tons in a row before this week, and then scored ninety seven um, in a losing side. Was very good. One player I really want to keep an eye on is Gary Ablett. Oh, can the little master return to his best on the Supercoach stage? I think he can, and if there's ever going to be a year to do it, I think this is the year to do it. I'm not overly keen to make the jump just yet because of the, the way the season is, the way it's, you know, we're still looking to, to downgrade, but he's very high on that radar, um, especially if Geelong don't head to another, you know, especially with hubs as well. Less travel means there's less likely less likelihood of him just staying home. You know, if, if, the, if, the, um, if they go to Perth, the Cats, and then they don't have to go back to Perth again for the rest of the year, then... I mean, there's a chance he might not miss a game this year, which I'm very intrigued by, but wouldn't jump on yet. Jordan Ridley is one that people have started talking about. He's been Essendon's best supercoach scoring player so far this season, was their best scoring... Maybe No, maybe not. I think Zach Merritt's actually overcome him at the moment. But through the preseason, he was, and he's looked really good um, with two... Well, one 90-odd and one decent tonne. Uh, this week. What are your thoughts on Ridley, Damo? Ridley me this. Oh, God. Um, uh, I... I don't think he keeps it up. 
Agreed. Because we were talking before we started recording our voices, and you said you don't know where he fits once a few players come back. Like, is it Ambrose coming back? Is it? Uh, and then you've got McKenna, and who else was yeah, it? You've still got you still got Marty Gleason who kind of competes for that spot and is really highly rated. And don't get me wrong, Ridley has claim that spot is his and it's sort of his to lose but it won't take too much for him to lose it and you look at his look at his last year as well like he had patches where he was really good and this year he is he will be better and more consistent this year than he was last year um but by and large there's still kind of a bit of he's still he's still very much a mid-pricer and he's you know kind of taking on that sort of general role down back for Essendon and will score pretty well but with McKenna coming back I feel kind of uneasy about it he might coming out of the side based on matchups potentially but kind of looking at last year he he was very inconsistent missed a, a bunch of games as well he wasn't really cited after round seven and you know it was you know 70s and 60s throughout most of that time there so i don't know i i, I don't trust him enough as much as i love him as a player don't trust him enough as a super cup to bring him in someone i do kind of trust and let dog um, is currently, you know, giving one-on-one coaching sessions too instead of being here tonight because he really wants him to take him to the next level, is the sleeved Sam Petreski-Seaton. Ooh. I liked his round one. I have to admit I didn't see his round two. But the scoring is a good pitcher. And... Um... Had 113 in round one, 103 in round two, priced at... Four hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. Dues as a defender midfielder. Is this the the is this the real Dan Houston standing up? I think it could be playing off halfback, looking very good, sleeved while doing it too. If we can just re-emphasize the sleeves, um, I I reckon this might be the year that you could go for an SPS, and he's kind of sliding into Simpson's role a little bit. It looked like Simpson was playing more, you know, deeper, more. Not so much lockdown, but not that rebounding defender that he that he has in years gone by. I'd really rate SPS, and he's yeah, kind of what Houston should have been. Is there anyone else in that like weird, awkward price range? Just qu- you you've been looking at Damo. Just quickly on um, Petrescu Seaton, his role will only be better now that Nick Newman is out for the season. That's very true. That is very true. Yeah, is there anyone else sort of in that price range that you're you're looking at? I've seen people jumping on James Aish. He's not going to score 94s every week, so get that out of your head. Um, Luke Ryan bounced back against Brisbane as well. 123 after his shocking round one. I, The fears I had about him not having his junk time has changed. He seems to be, he seems to be much more attacking against the Brisbane Lions. So I would say... It it, it it was more of a teething issue with, with, with Longmuir's game plan um, in round one. There's no one really that jumps out as being someone who I trust in that sort of price bracket. Yeah, and yeah, you sort of look at it, and a lot of people are sort of asking, you know, who should who should you look at bringing in, and what what you should what should we be looking at doing? And I think there's an argument that if you are doing a sideways trade and you don't want to downgrade to a rookie, you just try and go to a, a Max Gorn, a Lockie Neal, just try and get the best player in that price bracket, 
instead of sort of dicking around with these Ridleys and Rosies and players that might not do what you need them to do. Um, you know, you know, might not want to overpay for say a, a Michael Walters at you know 570k is a lot to pay for him, but I think there's the argument, especially in the midfield, to go towards a Nat Five to you know an Andrew Gaff to to someone that you know will deliver the whole way through um, instead of going to sort of a, a mid price like a Joel Selwood who played extraordinary extraordinarily and might with the Ablett effect you know have the same thing where he scores better but yeah Damo is. It, it, Surely you'd, you'd value that security and that safety in a year like this. Yeah, you you want to go for the best of the best if you're going to sideways trade, um, but otherwise going down to a rookie and upgrading somewhere else might be the better, might might be better as well. It just depends on the way your team is, I guess. And I, I yeah, on that note, I da- downgrading twice this week and upgrading next week is also a, a big option, especially with the the rookies on offer. I feel. Um, but we, we, yeah, we'll kind of wait and see. We'll kind and wait and see. Um, anything else you wanted to mention, Damo? Is there anything else, any hot button issues around the traps you wanted to, to cast your eye over? No, I think we wrap it up. I think we might wrap it up indeed. Big shout out to both Foz and Clarky this week who had massive scores, massive, massive scores. Um, and you, you had a decent week as well, Damo. I was happy with my week and then Clarky and... And Foz shared their scores, and so I went back into my hole. <laughs> Those bastards. Absolute bastards. And if, if yeah, community, if you, if you scored well, let us know. Have a bit of a gloat. It's been a little while since we've been able to gloat. Jump into the comments of jockreynolds.com.au. Come pay us a visit. Let us know how you went. And if you had a, a terrible week, like some of us, some of us may have had a terrible week, um, come let us know as well. Um, we, will, we will commiserate together in that comment section um until until later this week uh damo you'll have you'll have your captaincy article out again this week will you yes i will yep stay tuned for that is essential reading for anyone wanting to know anything about things um there'll be plenty of other content going up during the week there will likely be some sort of streamy kind of thing on thursday night when teams drop so keep an eye out for that Keep your eyes glued to the Jock Reynolds socials. Keep your eyes glued to the website. Damo, what are your socials? Where can people find out your doodlackies and, and goings-ons? I'm at DamoSC on Twitter, and I will do it very sparsely, but I'm also at DamoSC on Twitch. Lovely. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll try and cross it over to the Lek Dog Games Twitch channel as well so you don't miss that at all. Follow all the Jock Reynolds stuff on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're doing the Instagram thing this year. Um, I'm at Patch to the Max on the old Twitter box. Come give me a follow and I'll tweet memes about Essendon and the Supercoach, probably. Um, but yes, thank you for joining this community. Wonderful to have you back. Wonderful to have Supercatch back. Wonderful to have you join me, Damo. Thank you. It was great to be here, and you did a good job manning the key post while Lek Dog was out. 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 It's okay. He'll be back. He'll come crawling back. He always does. Best of luck this week, community. We'll catch you on the flip side. Play that. Close music, boy. 